Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. So when you look at the story, and there was a clip of World War I that you saw. And when you look into that story, what took place 103 years ago, starts with the uh, assassination of an Archduke of Austria, not an internationally well-known man, person. As a result of that assassination of this man in Austria, Austria declares war on Serbia, Russia declares war on Austria, Germany declares war on Russia, France declares war on Germany, right? Germany declares war on Belgium, Britain declares war on Germany. All this happens in a two-week time span. And then the global conflict we know as World War I is full throttle. As many as 16 million people would lose their lives, mostly due to this military tactic that had been employed during this time of war. And it was known as trench warfare. So you, in trench warfare, you would kind of choose a position, and then you would kind of dig a long trench. And then those would dig in. You'd dig in to your position. You'd establish yourself in that position, within that trench. And you wouldn't even necessarily see even the eyes of the other people that you were coming against who were entrenched in their position. You would just be just continually lobbing ammunition, firing ammunition, tossing ammunition their way. And this practice contributed significantly to the high number of casualties and loss of lives during World War I. Well, about six months into the war, on December 24th, 1914, on Christmas Eve, someone, we don't know who it was, but in the middle of the battle, in the middle of the two positions, hurling ammunition, deadly ammunition, onto one another, someone began to sing a Christmas song, a Christmas hymn. And then that person stepped out. He got up and he stepped out into the middle of the battle, into the space between the two trenches. He took a different position. Although, and then one by one, others began to follow him in song, in stepping out. And although there was so much that they disagreed upon these two sides, and there was so much anger towards one another. Obviously, you generally don't throw grenades and shoot people you're friendly with, right? They realized they had something in common, that this was Christmas Eve, and many of them were Christians, were human beings, German, French, British, Belgium. They were human beings. They were Christians, and they wanted to celebrate the birth of their Savior, Jesus Christ. And this common ground caused them to come together in an amazing, seemingly miraculous way. For hours and hours, they played games, they talked, they ate, they hung out together. They enjoyed one another's company. That night changed them. So many of them going forward, history tells us that in the next day, in the coming days, it, they were changed so much that they were hesitant to fire upon one another, that the commanders of each military had to re, um, reassign these soldiers to other areas that were not affected by this so that they could be now more prone to kill and to attack because they just no longer could do it there in that region. This historical event was called the Christmas Truce of 1914. 
14. I see similarities in our time. So no, there's no guns and weapons for the most part, but there is a war going inside, inside of so many people today. And often we are entrenched in our positions and we contend to hurl ammo at one another. We see it in homes at a scale we've not seen before. We see it within families to a degree that's unthinkable. We see it in, in communities, in states, in a nation. Hurling, hurling hurts towards one another. Not really coming close to each other often, because the technology able to do that from a distance, being able to wound and hurt, create division from a distance so quickly, right? Republican, Democrat, race, gender, sexual orientation, husband, wife, parent, child, different parts of the country, wow, all practicing this trench warfare, right? We're dug into opposition in our relationship, in our marriage. We're dug into our position, you know, in what's happened with a child, you know, a, a grandchild even. We're dug into our position with our neighbor or, or a different part of our population. So much division, so much distance. So tonight, I believe that we can change. Unlike so many of our culture who really, they don't want to change that position. They, they, they've become accustomed to this tension, although it really is grinding and wearing on us. It's making it harder and harder day to day. I know that, I see that as a, as a minister, and I see it as a mental health clinician in what I'm doing in my internship. It's so, we were not intended to live under such duress continually as we are now. I believe we need to come back together. huh? I say this to the people at your city. I say this to our guests. We want to come back together, to, to come out of our trenches, those we have in our lives. And we're not just talking about, we're not talking about, we're talking about politics, we're talking about personal relationships, we're talking about spirituality, to come out of these positions that we've placed ourselves in where we have established ourselves versus leaning into the one, into the almighty hands of the one true God, yes? Tonight, you want to declare within yourself, within your marriage, within your family. Tonight, before you put your child down and they lay their head on their pillow, you want to look into their eyes and say, tonight there's a truce. There's a truce that's going to happen within me. A Christmas truce, no more agitation, no more hate, no more resentment, no more bitterness. Tonight, we come back together. We draw towards God, and may this Christmas Eve and this time of coming together serve as motivation, as inspiration, that God is calling us to not only come together, but to draw closer to Him. Yes? Three yeses. I'm preaching better than that, my friends. And I haven't slept in two days. All right, I slept one hour in two days. Listen, we want to heal. We want healing to happen within our relationships. See, because relationships are the fabric of what life is built on. We are huge on relationships here at Church City Church. We are all about relating to our community, to one another, 
about relating the gospel to our lives and, and about all that to build relationships starting with our relationship with our almighty, all-knowing, all-loving God, huh? And our Savior, Jesus Christ. So tonight, let's declare a truce. A truce is a suspension in the fight. Man, there's a lot of fighting going on internally within us, in our relationships. Everybody fights a different way. Some are verbal, some pull back, right? Somebody right now, it's making sense to you what I'm saying? But we're fighting. And how does that work? How do we suspend the fight? Well, how did it work that, that night, that wonderful, glorious Christmas Eve night in December of 1914? In the middle of the battle, what happened? Someone took the first step, yes? Someone took that first step. That's not easy. And of course, it's not easy because you're not wrong, right? Of course, you're not wrong. The other person is wrong, right? And you've got, it, you've got it together. You've got it right. You've got the better position than they do. Correct? Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with saying correct. And you wait on the other person to take the first step, to come out. Those who are atheists who are in here, who don't believe in God, would have that position. Those who call themselves Christian and profess to be Christian for 50 years have this same way of behaving. We're waiting for the other person to take the first step, to stop fighting. But what I say to you today is, why not you? Why not you? If not you, then who? If not now, then when? So what's going on here? What's going on here? This is Chair City Church, and we want lives to be changed. And there's no way that we're not going to leverage in a night like this and have you come in and leave without your life being changed, yes? Because that's the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that your life will be changed as you come to know him as your Lord and Savior. Changed phenomenally, changed effectively. Changed by you drawing close to the one true God that he would glorify himself through you, that things would begin to take place within you and through you to the world around you as you splash love and life, that people would say, wow, there must be a greater force that's taking place within this person for him to be, him or her to be behaving this way, yeah? That God will glorify him. So that's what's happening tonight. We want to see you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We want to see you know the glory and the reason for Christmas. We want to see God glorify himself through you, and we want to see your life changed deeply. If not you, then who? If not now, then when? It's now, and, and yet we often tend not to step out. Oh, we'll lash out, but we don't step out. And, and, and we, we think, you know, it's better to kind of go back into our trenches. You know, this, the, what we call the silent treatment, you know, where you're more collected and composed and mature, right? I do that great, you know. I, I'm silent with, the, with a kind of a slash of insinuation, right? I'm the master insinuator, man, huh? God one time told me, literally in a time of prayer, when you insinuate, you injure and you're an idiot. I hope God doesn't talk to you the way he talks to me. <laughs> of course, then I went and I... Ask my wife to forgive me. So this, this silent treatment, you know, where one person doesn't speak to the other, you know, no one's speaking because whoever speaks first is the loser, right? You know, or, or, you're, or, you're, or you're acknowledging you really need the other person. There's a story of a husband and a wife, and they're not getting along, and they are employing the silent treatment method in their marriage. Now, the husband's got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to catch a business flight. Now, 
He's not going to talk to his wife, though he needs his assistance, so he writes on a card, intelligently writes on a card, I need to get up at 5 o'clock tomorrow morning, wake me up. And he takes the card and he puts it on her pillow, so when she goes to bed, certainly she'll see that card. And so next thing you know, he goes to sleep, he goes to sleep, and boom, he jumps up, looks at the clock, it's 9 o'clock a.m., realizes he's missed his flight, begins to get bothered, looks, and there he sees a card on his bedside table, and it says, it's 5 o'clock a.m., time to get up. <laughs> That's something my wife would do. I always lose, by the way. But I always lose because I, 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 I got to talk. I just got to talk. And my wife is fine not talking for like a day or two, so I'm at such a disadvantage. Anyway, someone's got to take the first step. Someone's got to be willing to drop the weapon. I want you to have a great Christmas. I want you to have a glorious Christmas. I want you to have a Christmas where your relationships are just infused with great intimacy and closeness and gladness. We need to focus on what has united us, what has brought us together. We need to validate one another. Yes, there are differences. Continually, day in and day out, I come across people where I am very different than, than they are. And I, I have a practice where I want to look at them first as a human being. What can I see in them that I can value? More than not, there are more things that we have in common that we have different. This isn't just like, you know, wishy-washy. This is truth. It's easy to turn around and disparage someone and look down at them when you're distant. But the closer you get to people, the more passionate you will get about who they are as human beings. The more you know their story, the more you're inclined to value them. And I love hearing people's story. And I'm really glad to share my story with you, as you know. And I thank God for what he's done in my life. Take that first step. When it comes to in your family, even, before you're thinking of just correcting or, or bringing criticism. And sometimes perhaps that's necessary, but don't forget about validating. Don't forget about what brought you together. Don't forget about thanking God for the people you have in your life and in your marriage and bring that affirmation and that affection in with that which you are disagreeing about, yes? And come out of your trench. I wonder on that Night, December 24th, 1914, that dark winter night in Belgium on that field of war. Those soldiers, they ate and they talked. Even though there was a war going on externally for a season, internally they were changed, yes? Although seemingly the world around them that they knew was coming apart literally, within themselves there was this Peace, they had been changed. Could you imagine right now with all the turmoil or strife or anxiety or difficulty or uncertainty or challenges, regardless of your socioeconomic situation, man, we are a full, it's tough out there. There's so many demands, so much going on. But imagine if you could come to this place internally, regardless of the circumstances around you, where there's this peace and gladness and you can see the goodness in what's right before you. Your loved one, a relationship, something in a neighbor, something here in this place you call church, a community of people, most of all in the relationship you have with your God, Jesus Christ. Imagine if you would just extract the peace that God has you from relationship with him and others, yes? 
where it comes to a point where what? Where everything that's going on around you seemingly hasn't changed. As in, as we say here, nothing's changed, but everything has changed because God is doing a great work in you. I hope this Christmas Eve, you will be changed. You can say tonight that you can say tonight is the time. Tonight is the time where I'm going to be all that God has called and created me to be. I am a child of God. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, and I want to bring healthy healing to relationships. I want to take that step forward. Now, the way the culture, and we don't look down at culture here. We don't say necessarily we're better than culture. We're different. We're not anti-culture. We leverage culture. We connect to culture. We relate to culture. But generally, the, the popular way of doing this when it comes to trying to make things better in disagreements, in division, hatred, discourse, fighting, is what they call conflict resolution. It's, it's reasonable, and conflict resolution is when you tr bring the two people together to figure out who did what, when they did it, who did right, who did, wo did wrong, and you try and bring this conflict to a better place, minimizing it and hopefully just remove it entirely. And that's what happened in World War I, and it took four years of conflict resolution, and over 16 million people lost their lives. See, God's called us to something different in the Bible, His Word, the Scripture which we cherish, the inerrant, powerful, life-changing, life-transforming Word of God. He's instructed us to deal with conflict in a different way. See, in relationships, he calls us to conflict reconciliation, to reconcile, to bring back together by bringing the balance to zero. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did for me 25 years ago. That fall, leading up to what would be my first Christmas with Jesus, he came to me. Literally, I, I had a conversation with him. And you know, he didn't bring up my sin. I asked for forgiveness, but he didn't discuss my sin with me. He forgave my sin. And that's a good thing, because we would have had that discussion. I don't think we would have made it past 1982 in my life. That 17th year, it kind of just came apart on me. You know what I'm saying? It's a bad year living far apart from God. And yet Jesus came in, he said, you know what, Dave? Here you are now, 28 years old, and hey, your balance is zero. Yeah, it's zero, Dave. New slate, new start, you are good with me. You are right before your heavenly Father, Dave, right now. You see, through Jesus, God brings our balance to zero. Through Jesus, God brings our balance to zero. We are made right before the holy, holy, holy God. And then you know what he does? I know he did it to me. And I'm pretty sure the scripture tells you to do the same. God asks us to do the same to others. Yeah. Tonight, you are an instrument in the hand of a living, loving, and almighty God. That God would use you to bring reconciliation into their life beginning with your family, your marriage, and going out into your relationships. You're going out to have Christmas dinners tonight. You are walking into people's presence knowing that you are an instrument in God's hand to bring reconciliation, that they would come to know their Father in heaven. And, and a great way to do that is to just be kind, be loving, be caring, be unselfish. Consider them before yourself. This is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, 18 through 19. It says, and all this is a gift from God, God's grace, God's love, God's mercy, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Thank you, Jesus. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. We've got the message. We've got the truth. This is our story. We who are made right with God, who gives us the power to make things right with other people and to show them what it's like to see that happen. You can do this. You were made for this. Yes, you can. You know, when it comes to relationships, you can go for counseling. I'm an advocate of counseling. You can discuss and talk and negotiate and, and, and implement some strategies of conflict resolution. Sure, absolutely, especially just, you know, just to get some traction. But I'm telling you, begin to infuse in your thinking, in your heart, in your mind, the power of reconciliation, the power of turning to your loved one and saying, you know what, you are at zero. You're not zero. You're at zero as far as any wrongs or hurt you've done to me. You are clean. We are new. Let's go on from here. Do you hear me? And you know that's going to be so hard because when you start to do that, your enemy, your adversary, there's good, there's evil in this world, there is a God, there's a devil, he's going to taunt you. He's going to pour thoughts into your head and you're going to sense his resistance as these thoughts of bitterness, of grudge, of anger, replaying narratives in your head. This is what you've gotten used to. This, when you see that happen, you need to know, oh man, this is my story. That's not a good story. Say, this is not who I am. This is not what I am. I am a messenger of reconciliation, yes? God will work through me to heal relationships and to bring peace. And I will meet. Now, that's hard. We just, it's hard to even think of having these conversations. We're just so used to kind of moving it along that way. Look, we're good with decent people. I do believe, I think, so much of people. But it's just hard for us to do it in a way where we're truly surrendered to God. We, we, just, we tend to try and manipulate it and move it along in a way, little of God and little of us. There's that um, kind of story, that Christmas story of, that, of a little boy, young boy, and he really wants a sister for Christmas, really so much. And so he goes to God and he figures, okay, how's this going to work? How am I going to move God to where I need him to be, you know? And so he goes, he says, you know, dear God, I've, I've been a really good boy this year, and if you could... You know, bring me a, no, no, I haven't been a really good boy this year. Okay, dear God, I've, I've, I've was a pretty good boy most of the time this year, and if you could give me a sister, no, I, I haven't been a pretty good boy most of the time this year. So now he's really stumped, he's getting discouraged. He stops, he thinks, he gets up, he goes into the bathroom, he grabs a towel, he goes into his living room, and there on the mantel above the fireplace is a display of the, you know, the manger there and Jesus and Mary and Joseph and Wiseman. And he reaches out and he takes Mary and he wraps her in his towel and he goes into his room and he hides her under the bed. And he says, dear God, if you ever want to see your mother again, or dear Jesus, if you ever... We, we do this with God, right? We, like we, we, kinda, we go before God with this kind of preconception of how we think we want this to go, you know? Yield to God. I know some of you think that's inappropriate. You got a point there. But 
We, we, we yield to God, trust in God and know, think about what he's done for you. That's why you can even talk to him. You might be thinking, I can't do this, but if God is working in your life, you can do this. Millions have. That's why we're here at Chair City Church to help you see you along in experiencing this, to know God, to find freedom, to make a difference. We believe in making a difference. That's why you're in the building you're in. That's why it looks the way it does. All that we do, that's why the community has acknowledged us and given us awards these last several months. And we're grateful and we're humbled by that. We want to see your life change in a positive way. That's why we're structured the way we are Sunday morning when people come in. It's a dynamic experience. It's really not very different Sunday than what you're experiencing now. True? We want people to be able to invite friends and family and say, this is my faith, welcoming, loving, life-changing, humbling. We want, that's why we have our life groups, these smaller groups where people come together during a week in people's homes to learn more about God and to learn about each other. And they hear that like, oh, you too, right? That's why we serve the community the way we do, sacrificially and generously to be a welcome presence. Not with our agenda, but with what, what they need. So we, what we did with the House of Peace and Education in Christmas time. And we had, we had 90 volunteers. We had to stop three weeks before the event. We had to shut down the volunteer sign up. Because you are so incredible. You're such a magnificent group of people. And how you want to serve this community. And I thank you. And this process of living generously, of caring for others, of yielding to God, of getting to know one another, of carrying each other's burdens, of serving in our church, in our homes, in our community, this changes lives. This is a process that we invite you into that will change your life for the better and the greater. And I'm inviting you to do that. And I invite you, here's my invitation, give one year. Give us a year here at Cheer City Church to lean into God, to tap into everything we're doing here and to see what God will do through your life. Because I have witnessed it again and again and again, lives being changed constantly here. It's an incredible group of people here, plumbers and, and, and sanitation people and town managers and, and police chiefs and, and teachers and, and, and moms and dads. And, and it just, it's an incredible group of people, principals, different races, different ages. It's such a wonderful community of people who love Jesus, who follow Jesus, yes? I don't know, I'm just getting on it. I love it. There you go. 2019 will be a year of reconciliation for you. You cannot come here continuously and not be nudged to trust more in God and to care for others and to see them come to know Jesus, yes? Tonight, we celebrate that. We celebrate that Jesus came into the world and that so we could live this way. God stepped into a world filled with chaos that first Christmas. Jesus stepped out of heaven. He stepped into the battle. He came down to earth, and the angels got really excited. And the angels announced it, pronounced it. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10 through 14, it says, But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. 
Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. With whom God is pleased, his creation. You are the first fruits of all of God's creation. Take the step out tonight into the favor of God. When that soldier stepped out, he was thinking more of the possibilities, more of the goodness that would happen, more of the potential that other human beings had and what he had than he was thinking of losing his life or the blood or the gore or the problems. He stepped out into God's favor. Do you hear me? Today, tonight, this Christmas Eve, step out into the favor of God. Don't just celebrate Christmas. Experience Christmas, my friends. That's why the, the hymn writer Charles Wesley, he wrote, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Today, as you sing this last song, as you go out into your family gatherings and meetings, and if you don't have nowhere to go, you can stay here with us, my family, my wife, my kids. We're staying here after the second service. We're gathering with people who don't have a place to go. We're going to eat with them, and you know me. I like food, and I like to hang out, so we have good food, and we have a lot of fun. You're welcome to join us. Just tell a lady at the guest services table out there in the lobby, you know what? I don't have nowhere to go. I want to hang out with Dave and his family, and you're welcome to come. We've got about 60 people signed up. We're going to have a wonderful time, huh? Peace, peace, God and sinner reconciled. When you go out today, your wife, your children, where you're going, know this. I, because Jesus came into this world, because God stepped out of heaven and came here and wrapped himself in human flesh incarnate, I am reconciled with God, my heavenly Father who loves me. This is the greatest gift of all, yes? Why don't you stand with me? I pray tonight for healing in marriages. I pray tonight for healing in relationships of siblings. Right now, I pray that you would be healed in relation with your brother and your sister. And I mean healed. I don't mean getting along okay. I don't mean talking okay. I, don't mean, I mean healed, that you have this deep love and understanding and gladness to be around each other. You will know your sibling longer than you will know anyone else in your life. Do you know that? Be an agent of reconciliation that God would glorify himself through you. If you're here today and you've not been reconciled to God, you're carrying around sin and shame. You're, you're doing this your way. And you know what? You've managed to maybe perhaps get by in a pretty decent way, surviving, getting through it. But I would tell you there's a better way. There's a greater way. Tonight, be reconciled to God Surrender your life to Jesus, the Son of God, to the Jesus of the Christmas we celebrate and to experience Jesus and new life. Right now, where you are, toss out a prayer, toss out words similar to this as they're singing this song, this last song, Silent Night. God, I thank you for Jesus who stepped out of heaven for me who gave me a balance of zero, who gave me new life, who helped me to resolve to win this war that's going on in me to make things better. Thank you, God, 
for cleansing me of my sin, for changing me, and for drawing me closer to you this Christmas, my Christmas, in Jesus' precious name, amen. Huh? All right, we're going to finish out our time here with, we're going to sing Silent Night. I'm not going to sing. As you know, I don't sing. I sing Happy Birthday, by the way. I did. I realized that when we sang. I do. I sing Happy Birthday, but I don't sing anything else. I showed that to my wife that. We're going to sing Silent Night, and the ushers are handing out candles. Make sure you have one. We want everybody to participate. Makes a big difference, so take your candles. The ushers are going to be lighting the candles, and here's what we're going to do. And the ushers are going to move about very briskly to get this done. So thrilled as so many of you here. It's going to take a few minutes. But take that candle once it's lit and look to the person to your left and right and make sure their candle is lit. Please don't set them on fire. <laughs> and if Matt's here, Bethesda, if you ever go and shut that fire alarm off, I forgot to call it in. We don't want to evacuate the place. We had that happen a few months ago when someone pulled the fire alarm. Your, your daughter, I think. <laughs> she's beautiful. She got away with it because she's beautiful. But really, as we sing this song, just come to a place of adoration, of worship, of Jesus, and the magnificence of what he did and what he's calling you to be tonight. And I just want to encourage you that if you've accepted Jesus, that tonight if you've been reconciled to God, to take that connection card, and you're going to see it says on one side, my next step. And you're going to say, tonight I'm stepping out to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I've decided. Check that box off, or I've decided to renew it. Man, I've kicked this thing around. I thought I knew God. I believed in God. But wow, what am I doing? Tonight, I renew my relationship with God. I'm deciding to do that. Check that box off. Bring that card. You can drop it off in the box, or you can bring it out to the guest services table, and they have a package, a, a different gift package for you. It's a Bible, some other good stuff to give you traction, to get you going. We thank God for what he's doing in your life. Know that there are many people in here. He has changed their life, and the best is yet to come. Merry Christmas. To God be the glory.